For centuries, pretty much for the past 1,500 years, the church has begun its year with the first Sunday of Advent and lectionary readings that focus in upon the end. It really is strange that we would begin with the end, with Jesus' own teachings about the second coming of the Messiah, with the warnings about how uh, about that day or hour no one knows, neither angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. The mystery of the second coming, the mystery of the end is written throughout the New Testament in many powerful symbolic and metaphorical words calling us to pay attention, to be ready, to be alert, or as in the words today, to keep awake. Keep awake. The gospel reading for today begins in the middle of Jesus' teaching on this end-time event. So you kind of have to go back to the beginning of chapter 13 to get the context and note what he's saying and how what's important and what he is saying is something that he speaks about at the very beginning as well as at the very end. Back at verse 5, Jesus says, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he. And they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place. But still the end is to come. It's still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and there will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. Interesting wording here. Wars and rumors of wars, nations rising against nation, kingdoms against kingdoms, earthquakes and famines. This kind of sounds like Jesus has been watching CNN today, doesn't it? With earthquakes and Irving and famines and wars all over the planet. And yet he was saying this a thousand nine hundred and eighty or so years ago, depending on how you date it. Things don't change much, do they? Wars and rumors of war, nations rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom, person against person, with violence and hatred and anger and bitterness, rejection. Division, death, and destruction. Not just caused by humans, but by nature too. This violence, this war, this famine, these earthquakes, these events, all presage the end. And they've been going on for nearly 2,000 years, and in fact, they've been going on since way before Jesus said these words. And these are the birth pains of the end. The birth pains. Birth pains are when a baby is born. And here we have birth pains of the end, of the beginning of the end. Today we begin with the end. And that's what Advent does. 
Advent begins the church year by taking us to the very end. To the very end, to the return of Christ, to the second coming, to that which we affirm in the Apostles' Creed. Down here where we say that we believe uh, that He will come again to judge the living and the dead. It takes us to that very end in expectation, in hope. In expectation and a hope for the coming of righteousness, for the coming of justice, for the establishment of peace in the kingdom of God in the world. We begin Advent by looking to the end. We begin Advent by looking to the very end with the second coming of Jesus. The very end with the establishment of the kingdom of God. The very end. The new heaven and the new earth. The very end, the shaking up of the powers and forces of darkness. The very end is how we begin the church year, with the end. And then, after the first two Sundays of Advent, the lectionary readings take a turn. They turn from looking back and uh, forward, excuse me, forward into the future. They turn from looking forward to looking back. Back. Back to the announcement of an angel to a maid, a young maiden, a young girl, and to her betrothed about the birth of a baby who would change not just them, and not just the people of Israel, and not just the Roman Empire, but the whole world and indeed all of creation. So we begin by looking forward to the second coming, and then we switch at the midpoint, and we start looking back to the first coming. We start by looking to the second coming, and we end by looking back to the first with anticipation and hope and expectation for the coming of the Messiah, for the coming of God in our midst, for the coming of Emmanuel, for the coming of Jesus, Yahweh our Savior, which is what his name means, by the way. We begin Advent by looking forward, and then we turn and look back. And here today we begin, we have this passage, it talks about the second coming, we talks about all this expectation, and I'm reminded of the fact that every time, every few years, we seem to have somebody who says they've set the date. They've set the date as to when Jesus would return. I've often thought if I wanted to make an awful lot of money, I ought to write a book about the second coming of Jesus. You know, and the, and the, and the 20 reasons why Jesus will return in 2020. Now, probably if I want to make a lot of money and you push that a little further off, how about the 30 reasons Jesus will return in 2030? How about that one? I can make a lot more money that way. I can fund my retirement that way, right? By the time we get there, people have forgotten about it. Remember the guy who put up on the billboard that Jesus would return on a specific date? I am convinced that if somebody ever gets the date right, God will change his mind and change the date so that, that person wouldn't get any accolades for getting it right out of almost spite. If someone sets the date for the end, someone sets the date 
for the second coming. If someone sets the date, you can be assured that's not it. Therefore, keep awake, Jesus says, for you do not know when the master of the house will come. Keep awake, be aware, be watchful. For about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, nor that preacher over there in that church, but only the Father. Wow. No one knows. It's a mystery. It's a mystery because we are called to be ready always, without ceasing, always ready for several reasons, none the least of which being that you could go out those doors, get in your car, drive out onto the highway, and get hit and killed, and that day would be your day. We are to always be ready. We are to always be awake. For we don't know when the master will return. It's, a, it's the parable of the maidens with the oil. We should be ready. We should be tapped into the means of grace. We should be prepared always for a long wait. We should keep awake and be ready because we don't know when it will be. But the message of Advent is, is that it will be. And just as it was true with the first Advent in Bethlehem of Judea nearly 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago now, just as it was true then, so also the second coming changes absolutely everything. When I was a kid, we used to like to make jigsaw puzzles. And we would get the box and we'd open it up and we'd dump the puzzle pieces out on the table and we'd start setting it up. And I would always want to do the outside edges because that was easy. You know, one end was flat and so it made it real easy to find all the outside pieces and start piecing them together. Mother would always do the dark spots on the inside, but you know, you could always cheat with those because if they look just a little bit alike, well, they, they can go there. So we start piecing it together and we get the puzzle Put together over time and finally get it done and wow it's a great puzzle it's a beautiful picture let's leave it for a little bit and so we leave the puzzle for a little bit and enjoy it and look at it for a day or two but pretty quickly we get tired of it and so what do we do we get out the box we get out the box we open the box we take the puzzle we fold the puzzle over and carefully put it into the box. And then put the lid on the box. And then mom takes the box and hands it to me. And then I go, shake <laughs> to mix up all the pieces. That's what we have happening in Advent. That's what we have happening in us, in the first coming, in the incarnation, in birth of Jesus. And that's what we have happening for us and for the universe in the second coming, the return. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. 
this is metaphorical image here, for a complete reconstruction, an initial deconstruction, and then a reconstruction of eternity and creation and all that is, the universe. And just as when that baby was born, just as on that first Christmas when Christ came into this world, just as when the angel announced unto Mary, just as when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and she conceived in her womb, her life, Joseph's life, the life of Israel, the life of the empire, the life of the whole world has been shaken up. So also, when we get to that end, whenever and however that might be, God takes the puzzles of this life, puts them in that box, and shakes them up. And the evil structures that we have created, the sin of our lives, the sin of our world, the sin of our society, gets shaken to bits, comes apart. So then in a new heaven and a new earth, God can piece together the kingdom of God. Advent is about new beginnings. Advent is about starting anew, afresh. And Advent is about waiting and watching and being open to the power of the Holy Spirit who comes to transform us, to remake us, to prepare us to receive Christ Jesus anew. My brothers and sisters, this Advent, let's begin by anticipating the new things that God's going to do in our lives, in this world, in our town, in this church, in our families, in your life. Let us be ready and willing and awake, watching, to see what God is going to do and to participate in what God is going to do, shaking up the puzzle of our lives to reform us, to remake us. We live in a world that needs to be shaken up. The structures of sin need to be shaken up. Not just in the world, but in our own lives. We need to be shaken up so that God can then remake us into the image of the Christ child for whom we wait and whom we serve. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
been listening to a sermon by Dr. Gregory Neal, Senior Pastor of the First United Methodist Church in Commerce, Texas, and Rector of Grace Incarnate Ministries. Copyright 2014 by Dr. Gregory S. Neal. All rights reserved. For more information and for other sermons by Dr. Neal, visit us on the web at www.revneal.org. That's www.revneal.org. You are also invited to visit us in person at First United Methodist Church, 1709 Highway 24, Commerce, Texas, 75428. This program was produced by Dr. Greg Neal.